Atlanta, Georgia, Mississippi uh, sermon this morning. want to take a moment before we dive into the scriptures today. Uh, first off, if you are new today, we'd love to have a record of your visit. Love to know that you had visited with us. Uh, I know there's some people here visiting with mom. We're so glad you're here and honored your mom today by coming to church with her. That is so cool. If uh, you're a first-timer, we would love to just know who you are, send you a little bit of word about the church and what we're about. Fill out that visitor card in the seat back in front of you, and uh, if you'll take that to the Welcome Center directly after service, our welcome team would love to tell you more about the church. If you don't want to hear anything, just say, give me my mug and I'm out. And, uh, but uh, we'd love to just send you a packet this week if you are looking for a church home and if you're just visiting, just as a token of our uh, appreciation that you're here. Want to take also a local missions moment. Pastor CJ was uh, getting you pumped and getting you excited about the single parent fair. We're breaking up the donations this year by month, May, June, and July. And so the things on the back of that card today, on the back of your bulletin, are the things to bring for May. And that way, those of you who are supporting the single parent fair and the nearly 400 backpacks we hand out, Uh, to children from single-parent homes, Uh, you won't have to be buying everything at one time uh, here in the early part of the year. And so I just encourage you to go ahead and bring that stuff. Uh, Here's the three things that you can be doing uh, right now that you can be getting prepared for for our long-term local missions uh, endeavors here in the Stowe and Cuyahoga Falls area. We're going to be hosting an after-school program starting this fall uh, on Wyoga Lake Road in the middle of the Wyoga Lake Towers and Commons and Peachtree Estates and all of our target area for local missions. Uh, we would love for you to be a part if you have afternoon availability. So today I encourage you, talk to Pastor Spring, our children's director, add your name to that list, and we'll be doing training throughout the summer. For those of you who are interested in helping folks get out of poverty, we're going to be hosting over the course of the next few years faith and finances courses uh, throughout the community. And we are in the preparatory stages of making that happen right now. We have an informational meeting this Wednesday night, okay, 6 p.m. here in the building. Uh, we would love for you to attend and find out more about how you can be an ally and a partner in faith and finances. We're looking to transform the community around us by helping people out of the poverty that they've lived in, lived in for so long or are getting into uh, habits and stages of life where they're not making wise choices. We would love for you to become an ally. Come find out more at 6 o'clock on Wednesday. And we encourage you, whether you're older than 25 or 26 or not, you are welcome to stay at the Young Adult Lounge and hear this speaker coming on Wednesday. And so uh, they would love to, for you to join the God is Good conversation on Wednesday. So come for both meetings if you desire. And then finally, celebrate recovery. We're going to have a tremendous group here at Victory Life that allows people to come in and overcome their hurts and their habits and their hang-ups. If you are interested in becoming part of Celebrate Recovery, I would love you to come and talk to me this morning. Our elder who will be running Celebrate Recovery, uh, Travis, is out of town this week. So just come up after the service, tap me on the shoulder and say, add me to the list to find out more about becoming a helper. Folks, we are making an impact in this community, and right now we are in the preparatory stages of doing some new and some big and some exciting things. We just invite you to come on board with us. It's going to be an incredible experience as we see God continue to move in our local missions efforts. Amen? Amen. Turn your Bibles this morning, if you will, to Proverbs chapter 31. How many know what's in Proverbs chapter 31 without even going there? All right, a number of you. There is an entire movement out there, websites, books, book series dedicated to what is called the Proverbs 31 woman. The Proverbs 31 woman. 
And I wanted to go to this passage today on two accounts. One, we are in the middle now of a series called Repossessed Godly Wisdom for Establishing a Joyful Home. And uh, we're going to be looking today for some ways, moms and ladies, to help continue to establish that godly home that will result in joy in your home. And what better day to speak to the moms and the ladies in the crowd today than Mother's Day. And so I just encourage you, we understand that we're, we're going to the ladies first. But guess what happens in six weeks? Father's Day. You don't even want to be here Father's Day. I'm going to be so tough on the guys you only, I'm going to have to have two hankies that day for what I'm going to say to the men. But calendar-wise, Mother's Day comes first, and it's just more appropriate that we start talking about a lady's role in the joy in her home this morning. You know, we really do honor you mothers today, and we thank the youth for putting together this giveaway. If you missed, if they missed you, feel free to come up and grab a flower. If you got a stinky flower, come back and get a nicer one afterwards. They're right up here. And uh, we just want to honor you today because parenting is one of the toughest tasks in the world. It doesn't get much harder than parenting, being responsible for the lives of other human beings. And, of course, that doesn't stop when they're 18. That doesn't stop when they're 28 and they finally move out. That doesn't stop at any point. You are always feeling responsible for those that, that, uh, that you parent. Not only that, if, if parenting is one of the hardest things in the world to do, mothering might be the hardest Because even if you do have a husband in your home that is helping you co-parent, he lacks something, and it's called a nurturing spirit. He lacks that. And therefore, there are times when he will just say, the kids are fine, the kids are okay, let them go. And you're going, they're going to die. No, can't do that. And so not only are you dealing with your children, children, but you're dealing with that somewhat child that you call a husband, and because he's just letting them run amok. And so uh, we just want to encourage you today in that, and we want to go to Proverbs 31, because this entire series is based in acquiring godly wisdom to bring more joy to your home. There is no greater passage on biblical womanhood, and I mean that. That's a, that's a, that is not a categorized or a statement that I come off of. That, that's a true statement. There is no greater passage in the Scripture on biblical womanhood, I believe, than Proverbs 31. And that's the reason we go there this morning. And if you've heard it a thousand times, I hope you'll hear it from a different angle this morning that will be an encouragement to you as your role as wife and mother in bringing joy into your home. We're going to start in verse 10 of Proverbs chapter 31. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version this morning. A capable wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. Now, I'd like you to skip down with me because this is an incredibly long passage, and we're going to paraphrase the things that take place in the middle, but I want to get down to the character aspects of this woman, and that sort of begins in verse 25. So skip down with me about 12 verses. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household, and she does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her happy, her husband too, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her a share in the fruit of her hands, 
and let her works praise her in the city gates. Wow, what a perfect, perfect woman. Don't you just hate her? I mean, really, really. I mean, if you, if you know the rest of the, if you, let, let's just, okay, let's not even go there. Let's just do this. Let's talk about what we read, and then we'll talk about what we didn't read. This is a woman who's earned her husband's trust. She only does good to her husband. She's free from anxiety. She's wise. She's kind. She's hardworking. Her husband likes to praise her. Her kids like to praise her, too. Now, we didn't read 12 verses in the middle. Here's what they said, the 12 verses in the middle. This woman is also a thrifty shopper, a great meal planner, a tremendous seamstress, a landowner, a vineyard owner, uh, has great biceps. Believe me, it's in there. It's in there. Seriously. Seriously. Dresses well, and she has a work-from-home business that's very profitable. Yeah. Right. How many of you are Proverbs 31 women? Don't raise your hand. Right? Because holy moly, this is, this is a, a, a sign of perfection, if you will. I mean, it, it's, 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 it's incredible. And the problem with this passage is not the seeming perfection of this woman. I'll explain that in just a minute. The problem with this passage is not the seeming perfection of this woman. The problem that we have when we read this passage, for you ladies out there, is the inevitable comparisons that a Christian woman could make with this Proverbs 31 woman and then get down on herself because she's not living up to the expectations that Proverbs 31 sets. That's why I said, well, don't you just hate her? That's like that super mommy friend from social media. You know the one I'm talking about? The one that when you're like reading on her wall or seeing her post, you're going, is she for real? You know, she posts things like, hey, here's a picture of the eight-course dinner I made my family on Tuesday night. Here's a picture of me and my husband on our beautiful date kissing in front of a fountain. Here's a picture of me and my teenage kids bowling and hugging at the same time. Here... Here's a picture of the beautiful scarves I've been making at Junior's T-Ball Games. Aren't they lovely? I just had an order of 300 of them from a local boutique. Are they not great? You know, she is like the perfect Pinterest mom, you know? And, and you're comparing yourself to her, and you see that out in the world, and you just think, that's not me at all. If, if you had time to, you know, tweet and Instagram and all the rest, yours would be more like, here's the casserole that I burnt tonight. Uh, nobody ate it, but at least I said that I put food on the table, right? Here's a picture of date night at my house. My husband has his remote control in one hand and a, and a video game remote control in the other, right? Or, yes, here's the beautiful dinner I did have with my husband. He took me to Arby's. They have the meats, you know. We really enjoyed that. Here's family night with my kids, right? Family night with my kids. They got their headphones on, and they slam the door right in my face, Here's the most two most supportive men in my life, Ben and Jerry, and we're sitting here uh, talking and enjoying a Lifetime movie together. And so, uh, you know, that's what your Instagram would look like. Those would be your tweets. And if, if you can do that with Super Mommy on social media, but the truth is you can do that with the Scripture too. I mean, uh, e e even as a man, there's portions of Scripture that you can read, and you can just look at it and go, that's not me. That's not me. Well, I want to encourage you today that when we read Proverbs 31, the best way to read it is not to make comparisons between yourself and this woman. And I say that because this is not just a list of things for you to do. In fact, this is a poem. 
In my New Revised Standard Version of the Bible, I love the subject heading. It says, an ode to a capable wife. An ode, a poem, a, a, a song of praise, if you will, extolling the virtues of this virtuous wife. In fact, it's an acrostic. You know, L is for the way you look tonight. This is like a Hebrew acrostic. Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalet, Hey, Bob, Zion, Het, Tet, Yod. It goes all the way through the Hebrew alphabet, all 22 letters, and that's why there's 22 verses. So what I'm trying to say to you today is that we don't want to read this the way we read necessarily like the preaching of Jesus. You know, that's, that's instruction. This is not instruction. This is a poem. It's a song of praise. It, it's not meant for you to compare yourself to and say, well, this is the gold standard, and I have to live in this gold standard every day or else I failed. Instead, it's a poem. It extols the virtues of this virtuous, capable woman. Somebody has, is thinking of the woman in their life and going, wow, how incredible. I'm going to write a beautiful poem to talk about her virtues And I know that if you read a little bit further up in Proverbs 31, it says an oracle from King Lemuel's mother. But many scholars that I'm reading are saying that the oracle ends in verse 9, and verse 10 starts this new poem. It's it's not written by uh, your mother-in-law. So that's always good. So with that said, I I just want to encourage you today that, that this is not something to necessarily compare yourself to and look at the gold standard because the person who wrote this wasn't writing the bad things. They were writing the good things. If this was a husband writing about his capable wife, she, he's not going to write about the time she yelled at him for misunderstanding something. She's not going to write about the time she had a big old booger hanging out her nose. None of that. He's going to write about only... My wife has never had a booger. Uh, <laughs> let me make that clear. Let me make that abundantly clear. She doesn't even produce boogers. You're only going to write about the good things, right? And so what can we do with Proverbs 31 if we want to study it? Well, first, let's recognize it for what it is and why so many books and, and websites and things have been written about this passage. It's because it is such a beautiful ode. It is such a beautiful poem. It is such an incredible list, if you will, of, of cool stuff. It's unparalleled in its content, But if you compare yourself to it regularly, you're going to not be a very happy person. And I mean that. Because it's a poem, and it only extols the virtues. Part of the passage that we didn't read says, She rises while it is still night and prepares food for her family. Then a few verses later, you know what it says? Her candle never goes out at night. So literally, if you want to follow this to the T, women never sleep. Ever. Because your candle doesn't go out at night, and then you rise in the morning while it's still dark, there is no sleep for the perfect mommy. And so I don't want you to look at that as a laundry list to compare. It's merely a poem, and we can look at the virtues. And so that's what we want to do today. We want to take a look at the four uh, thematic virtues, okay, of this virtuous, capable woman. And then we're going to talk about, first, her strength and her motivation, So before we even talk about the virtues that we're going to talk about today, moms and wives and ladies, before we get to those, I want to just mention that her motivation is here in the passage. The reason that she is the way she is, probably in her husband's eyes, is because of what her motivation is. 
And it's in the second to last verse that we find out what the motivation of this woman is, what makes her so special in the eyes of the person who has written this about her. And it's verse 30. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. The strength and the motivation that this woman has to do the things that she accomplished, even though we're only talking about her virtues in this passage, not talking about any bad, but the reason for this woman being such a delight in her husband's eyes is because of verse 30. She fears the Lord. If you read the Proverbs, you know that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, we have a working definition here at Victory Life about what the fear of the Lord is, and we try to put it in terms that would make sense in 2016, so this is our our working definition. The fear of the Lord is a dedicated awareness, okay, a dedicated awareness to just how serious God takes himself and how serious we ought to take him. That's how, that's how we define the fear of the Lord, a dedicated awareness to just how serious God takes himself and how serious we ought to take him. It is no stretch that the second to last verse of the Proverbs talks about the fear of the Lord because wisdom and right behavior and good living and joyful living stems from having a good knowledge of who the source of your strength is, who the measuring stick in your life is, The measuring stick is not some other woman, some other super mommy. The measuring stick is not a poem, if you will, from Proverbs 31, because we don't read a poem the way that we read other portions of the scripture. The measuring stick is how am I relating to the God who gave me breath, and as Pastor CJ said, the God who made me a mom. How am I relating to him? How am I living up to his standards? Not the standards of my husband, because those are impossible to meet, Not the standards of my whiny children, because those would certainly be impossible to meet, but to live up to the standards that God calls me to live to and operate in the strength that God says that he will supply in my life. That's what makes the virtuous, capable woman the virtuous, capable woman. That's the foundation to who she is. It's not her beauty. It's not her brains. It's her relationship to the Lord very first verse that we were reading here, verse 10, uses the term Kail. That's the name of our children's program for our girls ages uh, first grade through sixth grade here, and we take it from Proverbs 31. And it's, it's translated a bunch of different ways. You who have the NIV, it says, a wife of noble character who can find. For me in the NRSV, it says, a capable uh, wife who can find. Uh, I think the ESV says the virtuous wife uh, who can find, but it's meant to say that she is a treasure, this capable, virtuous, strong woman. And the background to the word Kail, now this is, you're going to love this, moms, the backward to the word Kail is army language, because sometimes you feel like an army of one in your home, trying to take care of that man in your life or, or those children in your life or, or those relatives in your life. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a militant phrase. The capable, virtuous, strong woman. Uh, who can find? She's more precious than jewels. How do you get to be that capable, strong, and virtuous woman? The fear of the Lord. If you're looking to g- become that woman through the praise of your children, sorry, that's probably not going to happen. If you're looking to become that strong and virtuous and capable woman, that woman of noble character, as the NIV calls her, 
It's not going to happen if you're merely looking for the praise of your husband. You know, it's true in men's lives and it's true in women's lives as well. If we're going to succeed in the things that God has called us to, we need to start with the foundation of a dedicated awareness of just how serious God takes himself and how serious we ought to take him. And let him inform our character all along the way. Now, I know there are some of you in this place today that you, you would say, Pastor Matt, Pastor Matt, I, I, I'm a wife and mom, or, or I, I'm a single lady, or, 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 or I'm, I'm, I'm a single mom, and I do have a fear of the Lord. God is the foundation to all of what I do. And I am seeking him, and I am after him, and I am praying to him, and I am just getting by. And you know what I say to you this morning? God bless you. God bless you. You are not to be comparing yourself to the woman with the perfect business and the perfect home and the perfect life and the perfect husband. You're not to be comparing yourself to that. And there are times in the desert and there are times when life is tough that the only thing keeping you afloat is your fear of the Lord and your dedicated relationship with him. God bless you. God bless you. The Bible never promises that we'll be outside of hurt and heartache and tough stuff. And just because we're extolling the virtues of the capable Kaya woman of Proverbs 31 doesn't mean that she never had troubles. You, ever, you think that she had a sick kid? Do you think that her husband was ever critical? Do you think there's a possibility that she was ever sick? Do you think it's possible that, that there were mornings that she got up and thought, I can't do this? Of course there were, because she was human. Whoever this was written about, she was human. And chances are, whoever this was written about, if she was hanging out with you today, you probably wouldn't know who she was, according to this description. Because once again, it's a poem, it's an acrostic, it's an ode, but it has some good wisdom for how we can live our lives. What's the source of strength and motivation for the capable woman? It's the fear of the Lord. But now let's talk about some of the aspects of her character. And that's why I'm not going to spend time on rising before the dawn and, and then letting your candle not go out. That's why I'm not going to spend time today on the, your biceps and your triceps and all that. Because those are, are just things of praise. But we want to focus on the thematic elements of her character today. And these are the aspects of her character that are informed by God's word, that are informed by who God desires you to be. And these are the things that if you're going to do any comparison, while I still don't want you to do that, but if you were to think, this is what I want to aspire to, these would be the aspects of her character to aspire to. Look down, if you will, to verse 11 and 12. It says, the heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. And so the first aspect of this woman's character that gets extolled but continues to be alluded to throughout the rest of these 22 verses is the trust that her husband has in her. If you read the rest of the passage, you find out that he has a high level of trust in her materially. He trusts that she's prudent with the household finances. Now, I know what some of you ladies are thinking here right in this moment. My husband has never, will never, is, it, there's not a chance that he ever would view me as prudent with the household finances. 
And some of you are thinking that's his hang-up, and some of you know it's yours, right? And I want to tell you today that, that part of the basis for this laudable character of this woman is that her husband trusts her in every aspect of life. Not just to do him harm and no good socially, but to do him, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to do him, whoa, some of you are like, yep, that's my marriage. No, uh, <laughs> not simply to do him good and no harm socially, but materially to be respectful and to be loving of her husband. And for those of you ladies today that you know that's your hang-up, I want to encourage you today to begin to ask God to give you the strength to reestablish that level of trust with your husband. Especially when you know that he intends or tries to be right in the household finances, but he's scared about what you're doing with them. Now, as I mentioned, that could be his hang-up. Father's Day is coming. I will get him, I promise. But if it's yours, I encourage you that a woman of virtue, a woman with noble character, cares about what her husband thinks about how the household finances are run. We also find out from the passage that she has his trust on a personal level. She doesn't do him harm, it says in verse 12. And I know for uh, the, the social commentary in a lot of the world is that men are just big brutes and you can't hurt their feelings. And that is not the case. We might be big brutes and we might, you know, miss some things. But I'll tell you what, there's a reason Ephesians 5 tells women over and over again to respect their husbands. And the best way that you can continue to do that is with your words. She does him good and no harm all the days of his life. A little bit further down in this passage, it says that he is an elder of the town and he can sit at the city gates. And what that means is he also has not been harmed socially by her. Also has not been harmed socially by her. Now, I was watching just the other day the Little Rascals, you know, the the Woman Haters Club. You know what I'm talking about? Spanky, alfalfa's in love with Darla, that's a no good thing, right? Now, I I just want to encourage you ladies, if you have a man-haters club, it's time to disband it. It's time to get rid of it. Because part of earning your husband's trust is that he knows that you can talk to your girlfriends, you can talk to your mother, you can talk to your sisters, and you can talk to your neighbors, and you keep his business private. Why is it so quiet? But it's truth. Because she does him good and no harm all the days of her life. He trusts her not to bash him, and that's why he can sit in the city gates. Now, I don't want in any way to silence a woman who is somehow being abused verbally or physically in this place today. I'm sorry that it's 2016 and I have to say something like that. It's not my desire to silence any of you who are being abused And I encourage you, that's why you have a church, that's why you have a pastor, that's why you have elders, and that's why you have elders' wives. And if that's the case today, you come and talk to us, and we will try as best we can to help you through that, okay? But for those of you who are in a somewhat uh, stable and healthy relationship, I'm speaking to you today. Keep earning your husband's trust day by day. Don't be telling stories on him. Let his dignity remain intact, both on a personal level and on a social level. He'll bless you for it. And I know what some of you are thinking. My husband doesn't deserve all of that. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What would the Lord have you do? Your character is not dependent upon your husband's character. Your character is dependent upon your relationship with the Lord. Amen?
Amen. That's the truth. That's the truth. So whether your husband is deserving of you doing him good all the days of your life or not, you do him good in the name of the Lord. Because that's what being a strong and capable and virtuous woman is. Second aspect of her character that I think is so cool. Skip down with me now to verse 25. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. That is my favorite passage from this entire, uh, favorite verse from this entire passage. She laughs at the time to come. Tomorrow is not going to stress her out. And so much of that is the preparatory work that is taking place in the intervening verses. It is a natural progression that takes place. But this woman is prepared. Do you know what some of the scariest words are in a household to husbands and children? Company is coming. Those are the scariest words for husbands and children in any household. Not a tornado is coming. Not a plague is coming. Company is coming is about the worst thing a mother can say to her children and to her husband. You know what, ladies? Part of the virtuous and capable woman is a woman who is prepared who is planned out, and who doesn't transfer the stress of her life onto her children. And you say, Pastor Matt, I'm one of those women that you were talking about just six minutes ago. Remember, I'm just getting by. And I want to encourage you, if you know that's the case, and you know that you are one who is a single mom, or your husband's not very helpful, or your husband is helpful, you just have 14 kids, whatever it may be, I want to look at you today, and this should inform your prayer. God, grant me serenity. God, grant me the ability to plan. God, I don't want to translate my stress onto my children. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord, to get to the place that I'm able to laugh at the days to come. That I'm able to go, oh, I'm so excited about that. Not vacations coming. No! 14 pairs of flip-flops. No! You know, the planning that can take place for normal events that should be bringing you joy are bringing you stress, right? And a virtuous and capable woman is thinking and she's planning and she's getting ready so that she can laugh at the days to come and look forward for what the next day brings. That's in part because of her preparation and that's in part because of her trust in God, that God's got it handled. God's going to make it go. God's going to make it good. It's not just my efforts that is going to make that a joy. It's the fact that I know that God wants my home to be a home of joy. God wants my events to be events of joy. And therefore, I trust in God that this is going to be great. This is going to be great. So much of life is how we think about it. And I encourage you, if you're dreading the fun things, it's time to reevaluate. Did you hear that? If you, ladies, if you're dreading the fun things, it's time to reevaluate the way you prepare and your trust in God. And all of these are not get tougher, pump more iron statements. Instead, every aspect of her character that might be touching your heart today are simply places to direct your prayers to God on a regular basis. Because I'm not asking for any lady to be tougher here today. I ain't asking you to be stronger All I'm saying is a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And God has energy reserves. He has preparation reserves. He has blessing reserves to meet you in your need so that you can laugh 
at the days to come. Two more aspects of her character I want to speak to, and we're just going to go straight down through the scriptures here. Verse 26, she opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Wow. When mom, when wife opens her mouth, she's thought about what she's going to say before she says it. She opens her mouth, what does it say? With wisdom. With wisdom. With wisdom. I know for so many of you, and so many, and this can be men too, you begin to recognize, especially when you have children in your home, that if you don't keep control of the situation by somewhat manipulating the situation with your mouth, you're not going to keep control of the situation. And I know that. And I understand that. I encourage you that there are times when you need to herd your children, and I get it. Nope, 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 nip, 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 nip. All right, this way. What are you doing? That's okay. Because you're protecting their lives. I encourage you, especially as your children become adolescents and they get into their teenage years, that has to change. You can no longer herd your children. Raising your voice is no longer nearly, is no longer as effective in keeping them out of danger. But prayer for Lord, give me wisdom on how to relate to this person, this being who is no longer at the level of my eight-year-old dog in their thinking. How do I relate to them? Can I open my mouth with wisdom? And the truth is, moms, if you were to really evaluate the way that some of you are speaking, you're a bully. You bully your family. You bully your husband. You bully your kids because things were getting out of control a while back, and you decided to take control of them with your words. That is not a mark of the virtuous or the capable woman or the one of noble character. She's not going to bully her family with her words. When mom opens her mouth, she says something wise. That doesn't mean that you still don't go, no, don't do that. It simply means that you're careful with the way that you relate to the people around you. And the teaching of kindness, and the teachings of kindness, and the teachings of kindness are on her tongue. You know what the word there for kindness is? Hesed. Loving kindness or as we translate in our Bibles now, that was the old King James, how we translate in our Bibles now, steadfast love is on her tongue. Steadfast love. Words of encouragement. Things that build up her husband and her children regularly. Steadfast love proceeds from her mouth. That's a wise way to be living. I encourage you today, if you recognize, you know what, Pastor Matt? I am always, always, always directing events with my words, and they're not very kind. There's the way to pray. God, work in me and use me to change the joy level in my home. And finally, the fourth aspect of her character that I just want to share with you, and you get it if you've read this passage at all, it's this. This woman is a hardworking giver. She's a hardworking giver. Verse 27. She looks well to the ways of her household, and she does not eat the bread of idleness. I want to tell you, ladies, I recognize that there are so many of you who are so hardworking in taking care of your family. You know, it's the reason you get roses today. It's the reason that we clap for you today. It's the reason for at the end of the service we're going to pray over, especially the ladies today, because you do work so hard. 
and you do give so much, you recognize that the joy of your home depends largely on you, and you're okay with that. That's a blessing. That's an awesome thing. And I hope for some of you who have young children, they grow up to recognize just how hardworking and just what a giver you are. I hope, especially for those of you with teenagers today, that your children grow up to realize just how hardworking and just what a giver you are. I hope for you who are toiling and toiling and toiling with a critical husband, one day God will break through to his stony heart that he would see just how hardworking you are and just what a giver you are. But I want to encourage you on one more level today. This woman is blessed. This woman here, she's blessed. Because it says in verse 29 that her husband praises her. I'm sorry, her, verse 28. That her children praise her and her husband praise her. She's blessed. They get who she is and what she does. And I know that there are so many of you out there who could do with a little more affirmation and a little more praise. Because you know what? God has naturally hardwired you to be a giver. He's, he's hardwired you to be a hard worker. God has given you gifts and talents, though, that maybe don't get talked about. So many of you recognize that the joy of your home is dependent on you. And, and instead of being encouraged by that, it turns you towards negative thoughts and even self-loathing. My house isn't as happy as it should be. My house isn't where I want it to be. The environment that I create is stinky. It doesn't work. I encourage you today, keep your fear of the Lord level high because he's going to be the source of your strength to continue on. And if you give up and you begin to eat the bread of idleness, there's no turning back. When you give up, it's going to fall apart. That's the power that God has put into the lives of women. And I encourage you, don't give up. Keep working hard. Keep trusting the Lord for a better and a new day in your home. Keep praying that he would restore your joy and that the joy of your home would be restored as well. Because God loves to answer the prayers of his people. And I encourage you on another level today. You know, if I were to ask you today, how many of you believe that the Lord can give you words of conviction while you pray? Most of you would raise your hand. But if I ask the moms in the room today, moms, wives, ladies, how many of you believe that the Lord gives regular words of encouragement in prayer? Do you believe that? My head begins to tilt and you begin to think about that. I want to tell you today, the words of encouragement that the Lord is giving you in prayer, they're not just your words. Pastor Matt, I'm barely getting by, and when I'm in prayer and the Lord gives me a word of encouragement, I think to myself, that's just me speaking. That couldn't be the Lord. He only says mean things. Is that the picture of our God? You know who created, you know who is steadfast love? our Father in heaven. You know who is compassion? Our Father in heaven. 
You know whose heart is hurt when you don't receive the affirmation and the care and the love that you deserve? Your Father in heaven. That's part of this broken world. And you know who can speak into your life and give you words of encouragement and hope? Your Father in heaven. Because you know what, ladies? The chances are that almost every week there's going to be moments where your husbands, your children are not deserving of the work that you do. And in those moments, I want you to remember who your Father in heaven is. He's an encourager. He's one full of compassion. From his mouth flows words of loving kindness. And I want you to remember who your Savior is because the world certainly did not deserve him. Yet he came to a people who were his own that chose not to be his own, that chose to revile him and despise him and put him on a cross. But he kept giving anyways for the joy that was set before him. I encourage you, ladies, keep giving anyways for the joy that is set before you. Because God wants to work in your life. He wants to restore joy. Let your character be informed by the Lord and your fear and reverence of him. And God has a way of taking the hard stuff. He has a way of taking the sadness and turning it into joy. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your word. I thank you today that there was somebody that loved enough to extol the virtues of the woman in his life. Lord, I pray today first for the children and the husbands in the room. I pray today that at some point their ode of praise would come forth that they would trust you, Lord, that you can affirm their wife, you can affirm their mom, but they can do that too, and they should, and it is right to do so. So I pray for hearts today that have trouble being encouraging, hearts of men and children today that maybe are a little bit self-focused, that they would turn to mom, that they would turn to wife today and produce their ode of praise to encourage her heart. I pray for the moms in the room today. I pray for the wives in the room today, the ladies in the room today that perhaps one day want to have a household of their own and the ones who are single and have a household that they maintain today. I pray that, Lord, you would encourage their hearts, that the joy that is set before them is not the beautiful day where they are praised every day and things are perfect and no casseroles ever get burnt. I pray that the joy that would be set before them is knowing that they've pleased their Father in heaven, that he gives strength to the weary, that he has the capacity to lift their heart and to release the heavy burden from the weary person. Lord, we trust you to do that today to give us hope for a brighter future as we commit our lives, Lord, to respect and awe of who you are and who you've created us to be.
I'm just going to ask today, we're going to do something a little bit different. In fact, we won't come back with our benediction song today. I'm not going to ask the band to come back. What I'd like to do is just this. I, I would love today for just the ladies in the room to stand. In just a moment, go ahead, stand right up. Just the ladies in the room. And now I'd like the, the men and the teens in this room to just stand alongside of them, okay? I'm not asking you to lay hands on anybody, okay? I'm not asking you to do that. But what we're going to do in this place is going to be a little bit different. Because, and the reason I don't ask you to lay hands on somebody, you know, you probably don't know the woman next to you. She probably doesn't want your hand on her shoulder. So let's just be, you know, the Bible says don't be hasty with the laying on of hands. And I don't want to creep anybody out. But this is what we're going to do. I'm going to invite the youth and the men in this place to pray for the women on their right and on their left. Now, if you're not an audible prayer and that scares you to death, do one of these. But today in this place, can we raise a chorus of prayer? A chorus of prayer for the wives, the mothers, the single ladies in this place and ask that God would encourage their heart and affirm them in their relationship with him. Do you got it? Okay. I'm going to ask AJ to play a little louder. And you begin to pray, and then I'm going to pray and close us in just a moment. When I say, dear Lord, you pray. Dear Lord. God, we praise you today because you are an encourager. We praise you today because you are the lifter of our heads. We praise you today because, Lord, you can give strength to the weary. And we praise you today because you are our great reward. We ask in this place today that you would pour out your blessings upon the ladies in this room. I pray that in this moment they would feel the affirmation of the Holy Spirit speaking into their lives and reminding them of just how precious they are in the eyes of God. And I pray for them today, Lord, that if they have prayers that they need to pray in relation to these aspects of a virtuous and capable woman, that they would make you the center of their life, Lord, and that you would inform their character as they move forward. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for the word that you have spoken in this place. And I pray that you would bless the moms and the wives and the ladies in this room today as they go from this place. We pray your blessing upon this entire congregation today, Lord, and ask that we would go with a special blessing from you. May today be a day of joy, a day of peace.
and a day of rest. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said amen. God bless you. Happy Mother's Day.